सुन सुनया सुनया माई बानी गई सुनाय मनाय सुनाय मनाय Hello, hello. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Embodied Wealth Podcast. My name is Mariah, your host. And over the last couple weeks since we've launched or months that we've launched, we've been having a focus on Kundalini Yoga. So I've been bringing different practitioners on to talk about their experience and how it's affected their lives. So the first 11 episodes are focused on the Kundalini Yoga technology. And after that, series will be moving into other topics. So today we have another guest, if you want to introduce yourself. Yeah, hi, I'm Heather. I'm a Kundalini yoga teacher in Nova Scotia, mainly in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. I haven't kind of uh, gone over the bridge too much into Halifax to teach yet. Um, but yeah, I've been a teacher of yoga for over eight years, but Kundalini just for about six months now. Um, and I've been practicing for about four years, four wonderful years of Kundalini. <laughs> Amazing. So what would be, what would be the most tangible, um, tangible things that you've seen change in your life since you started the practice? Um, ooh. for me, I find Kundalini very, it's very powerful and it's very transformative, but it's also your awareness to the subtle things as well. And I feel like there are subtle changes that have happened in my life, especially around thoughts, I think has been the biggest change for me. Um, there are many meditations and practices or kriyas, we call them, that really focus on um, your thought patterns and your subconscious and all of those kind of things. And I really feel like I've been able to kind of dive into those negative thought patterns or uh, kind of collective thought patterns that aren't necessarily mine and remove them so that I feel more clear I feel more clarity um so I think that has been the most kind of tangible thing that I felt it's definitely yeah I would say it's more around mental kind of uh thought patterns mm. if that yeah. <laughs> I know. Um, and I know like before we press record, you talk about the different yogas that you've taught. Um, mm -hmm. Do you find a, a difference in the way that your your physical body is changing with the with the Kundalini? I notice like my strength and the way that my body has toned and just the tech like the the awareness of how my body is sitting in different places. There's a, there's a heightened awareness around that. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely a physical um, change in me as well. I'd say that I fully know how to breathe better. Um, I think when you practice a lot of other 
styles of yoga, there is always a focus on breath, but it can be really difficult to focus on your breath when you're also focusing on what the teacher's saying, you're focusing on alignment, you're focusing on all these other things that the breath can almost be the last thing because who really thinks about their breath throughout the day? So it takes, it took me many, many years as a practitioner of yoga to connect fully to my breath in a practice. Um, doing other styles and then when I moved to Kundalini where the focus is so much about the breath I was like wow there is a huge um, there's there's so much more to discover with the breath and I think that physically has been a really big thing for me which has helped me in other ways like I feel like my cardio is better even though I'm not actually doing a lot of cardio um breath of fire is amazing for that and so that has been a really big change and yeah I I do feel stronger especially my arms yes (laughs) my arms are definitely stronger I I surf and um and I and I really notice that my arms are so much stronger through kundalini practice and and, you know, Kundalini is so embedded in science that, it, that there's such an internal thing going on, too, that you, you, we don't really um, witness as such, but we can feel. So, yeah, yeah, definitely a lot of physical changes. <laughs> getting jacked. <laughs> yeah, getting jacked. <laughs> totally. Because you're doing, like, a lot of the meditations, there's a lot, we're doing a lot of, like, upper body things, a lot of deep yeah. meditations. So the... The, the build-up, the, um, the way that your muscles are doing that repetitive thing all the time, but also in different ways for years, like that, that's building a strength. And I, I find like there's a, the way that your posture is with your arms becomes more centered in just the way that you're moving through the thing because of that repetition. And that's one of the things that I love about it. You're like, all right, I got 26 more to go. <laughs> and you're just like, let's do it. But then there's such a beautiful awareness around the form. And then the form becomes this beautiful mudra within the body. Yes, definitely. Yeah, your whole body becomes a mudra essentially. So yeah, yeah. What would be your, um, when your favorite Kriyas? Um, my favorite Kriya. Mm, the one that I love to do the most, I don't know if it's my favorite. It's really hard because I have so many. Um, but it hurts. <laughs> yeah. Um, I actually really love uh, the master sets. Uh, especially master set one um I've done that the most um in my practice um and I just I really love it I feel so good after doing it and I notice if I don't do it for a while and then I come back into it I'm like oh yeah that's how I should be feeling (laughs) did you um, tell the audience just the the names of the exercises in that set so they can like google it later (laughs) yeah so master set number one so you start in a child's pose with the arms alongside you not out in front of you and you lift your head up and um so just the neck and the head and you begin breath of fire for three minutes 
um, and then there's there's three all together. And the second one is that you still remain seated on your heels and you lie all the way back. I mean, I can't fully lie all the way back. I just come onto my elbows. And again, breath of fire. And then the last one, which is kind of my favorite, it's it's really difficult, but it's um, called the Kundalini Chair Pose. And um, for those that know chair pose in other styles, you, it's similar. I'd say it's a little harder um because you hold it for three minutes and do breath of fire but the the last one which i find the most cleansing and the the one that really kind of boosts your energy is that you do breath of fire um with the tongue out mm. so it looks really funny and i have taught it in a class <laughs> and it was it was funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah i and everybody took it really well they really enjoyed it they weren't embarrassed about sticking their tongue out <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just find yeah. when you're introducing those, um, those like weird, I guess, quote unquote things, like one of yeah. them, like, ah! <laughs> you're like, eyes are open and you yeah. make noises, and everyone's just like, okay. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, well, why not? <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely some strange ones in there for sure, because it, it's so different from other yoga styles that that are really out there that well the, the kind of the popular ones or the most common ones um so yeah kundalini can seem really strange but there's nothing strange about the feeling after doing them yeah so. <laughs> um you mentioned in one of the things that you want to talk about was talk about the arc line and i've <laughs> Like I've been really obsessive over the arc lines in in my in the classes that I'd be coming into, and doing like live things around it, and just doing like the things, the yeah. different meditations. I've noticed a, a very significant um, difference in clarity directly after those meditations. Did you want to talk about your experience and um, your relationship to the arc lines? Yeah. So I. I have been doing a lot of kriyas around the arc line right from the beginning of my practice, but never really absorbed the teachings that much. I And yeah, so it wasn't until I did my teacher training that they talked a lot about the arc line and I kind of be, gave it a little bit more attention and really started to look into it and did my own research and I was just really fascinated by this. Um, and I even um, kind of looked up paintings, old paintings or artwork from, you know, centuries ago of women, um, especially uh, saints or um, like angels, all of that kind of any artwork uh, way before, you know, you know, this was five or 600 years ago, you can look back and all these women have this amazing gold arc line. And I found that just fascinating that there is this knowledge of it, even though we can't witness it or see it ourselves. Um, so I really just delved into it and found it fascinating that as women, we have two arc lines um, from ear to ear and then nipple to nipple. And um, I just thought that, the, the main kind of thing that I drew from it was that 
the ArcLine is kind of your database, basically. It's the, your data bank. It's the place that you hold all of your thoughts and experiences, collective and personal. Um, and, and that can weigh heavy on you, you know, because everything has an energy and a vibration to it. So if the vibration of your ArcLine holds a lot of... Um, past experiences that maybe weren't positive or you haven't been able to see the positive in them and all of this kind of stuff and especially as women we hold so much of a collective understanding of what a woman should be and what a woman shouldn't be and these things aren't ours they aren't personal they're not mine maybe they're your mother's or your grandmother's or maybe they're you know just as a collective so I just found it fascinating that we had this technology to clear that out mm -hmm. and um, so I really kind of delved into more meditations and kriyas using um, the arc line as the focus and yeah it, it's it's a beautiful practice and I feel there is a sense of clearing afterwards. And, and maybe that's also the, the first question you asked about what's tangible and that sense of clearing out felt really good, a, cl a real cleanse, you know? Mm -hmm. um, we can cleanse the body in many ways, but cleansing the mind is is just as important. So if not more. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I remember um, Guru Jagat was talking about like this, this glossiness, like, I don't know, it's a glossiness that happens when you do certain um, certain kriyas. And I was just like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but then after a while, after doing certain kriyas, I was just like, oh, I, I understand it. Literally, I literally feel like this cool glossiness, like just right here on my on my face. And then it kind of mm -hmm. trickles down and it moves over the, the body. And you're kind of in this very blissful, peaceful space and then everything in your life you can like feel the um the echo of change as you move mm -hmm. through your day definitely the kundalini glow <laughs> yeah <laughs> definitely it, it's real <laughs> um yes so i would love to talk about your your relationship or your um how you got into the Rama Institute, Rama TV, Guru Jaya, how did you even, <laughs> um, how you got into that space? Cause it's like, I, for me, when I first was um, doing Kundalini, like Guru Jaya would always come up like on the feed, but I was just like, I didn't like, I was just like, I don't know why I don't want to watch this, but I don't want to watch this. And then it was like, probably like two months and then I clicked it and then I was like, okay. <laughs> Because my, my Reiki teacher, and he taught it like when I was first training and I was like, this is crazy. And I was like, I don't get it. And then it just kept popping up because we know when like when a teacher transfers, um, when there's a transmission, you have like those lock boxes of information. And that was the point where that lock box of Kundalini Yoga was opening up in my space. And then when I was starting, I just like was, was so obsessive with all of her things. I was just like, as you said, it's just like, it all makes sense. This is where I'm supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, definitely. Grew. Yeah. So I first kind of <clears throat> discovered Rama and the crew. Um, it was actually through, I had subscribed to, I think it's Gaia TV or Gayam TV. And Guru Jagat was on there doing some classes 
And I had been to a couple of in-person classes in the town that I lived in at that time. And um, I, it was only available on the weekends, uh, Saturday mornings. So I was like, well, I kind of want to do a bit more. So I discovered Guru Jagat through the Gayam. And then I guess I started following her maybe on Instagram or something and then realized Rama. And then I subscribed to Rama. And that was kind of it, really. I was like, okay, this is my life now. (laughs) (laughs) I felt and I, I actually thought about this the other day. Um, that I never thought I would be a person that would call somebody my teacher mm. because I've always felt throughout my the beginnings of my yoga journey, I never felt this um, understanding of people following somebody. You know, people follow people all over the world. They dedicate their lives. And I always found that strange that you put somebody up on a pedestal and you'll literally bow down to their feet. And I, and that's very, very common in any of the yoga styles and lineage. And I never resonated with that. I always thought that everybody was your teacher, you know, and I, and I still do believe that, that um, you are a great, your greatest teacher and everybody around you, if you can just willing to see that. And it wasn't until recently I realized, oh, no, I'm one of those people. <laughs> ah, Guru Jagat. <laughs> so I really felt like I, I feel like I, you know, in conversation, I say, yeah, my teacher. And I'm like, oh, who is this? Who am I turning into? But there's something so powerful about her and her teachings and the energy that she brings and just the legacy that she wants to create um there's something so magnetic about that and and i know that it's because she really is um she really walks her talk and that is very very magnetic i think Mm -hmm. so um yeah i i just love i love everything that they do um <laughs> they, they just have so many amazing teachers as well there's you know several uh desiree pay is another big um uh teacher of mine too i really really love her and what she kind of brings to the uh teachings as well so yeah there's so much quality in them mm-hmm. uh so yeah it's mm-hmm. kind of my I'm a TV fan. <laughs> um, I definitely resonate with the the whole teacher dynamic because I think there's a obviously we live in a pol- on a polarity polarity planet, so there's going to be good things about it and bad things about it. And mm-hmm. I've had a similar um, understanding of it's when you're when you're following a, a teacher, the obviously the teacher needs to be in a space of that like they're teaching and they're it's they're not trying to hold a, a hierarchy over you they're trying to make you a better person they're trying to mm-hmm. make you learn and that discipline aspect that they they expect of you I feel like that's something that the world needs not everyone you know needs to do couldn't you know, have a teacher but I I found when I started really listening to the depths of the of the teachings it, it really stabilized a, a discipline within my own practice and I think that's why I'm still in that space because it, there's like this 
unspoken um, accountability that comes when you have um, a teacher. Of course, they joke and like, you better be doing your intelligence meditation. And you like, you know, <laughs> things. But there's such, a, I feel like there's this, there's this beautiful respect that happens between a teacher and a student and you just need to have to speak about it. It's just there. And you don't really find that within like basic relationships that are around you, even like parents or partners or siblings, like that respect is not an automatic thing. So mm -hmm. I think it's a, we're all sort of searching for that, uh, that sense of um, respect and discipline within a relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You've really, uh, hit the nail on the head there with respect. Yeah, it, it feels the way that I can fully respect the teachings is the discipline, is to do the, is to do the practices and be a carrier of the teachings and be a connection to that lineage. So yeah, it, it really is, it, it's respectful to, to carry on. Yeah, yeah, I like that. <laughs> And I think like doing that, the, the tune in that develops mm -hmm. over time at first, it's like, okay, can we get over this? Like, like you've been, you've been like saying on for like five minutes, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, then, but then there's a point where you're like, no, like I can feel the reason why he's making that one longer. Like you, mm -hmm. you understand why you're in it. And then, then making those last, um, the last sounds for the the protective prayer while you're making it longer mm -hmm. it's just like it's, it is it's an activation in itself we're not supposed to just try to move through and i know guru jagat talks about well this is a householder so if you know you need to get through as long as you're really intentional with that tune in and with the protective prayer it's still going to do the thing but of course you want to be there and vibrating the stuff you know <laughs> mm -hmm. but one of the things that i that i love about this it it's bringing back a, a sacredness that's been lost because everything is just like, whatever, whatever you know? Yeah, yeah. Now it's like, no, we, we can live the lives that we want to live. But now there's this beautiful bleeding of discipline, a beautiful bleeding of respect. And especially with us as um, females moving through the world and holding a certain space it's like we're, we're holding businesses, you know, if we have kids and like relationships and we are, we're, we are like we're holding so much at all times and like this technology is so important in order to maintain that like one of the things that Guru Jagat would say on repeat is like you can have all the success in the world but if you can't maintain it it doesn't even matter yeah totally. <laughs> that yeah. maintenance piece that was like that's a pillar of my existence of being having something that can make me maintain the life that I'm trying to live yeah, definitely. Um, and one of the teachings I really like from Guru Jagat is that if that you need to create the energy to hold joy as well, you know, that you have to build your energy so that you can maintain positive, a positive life and all of the um, joy. If you can't maintain joy, then, or if you can't, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to get at here, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely one of the teachings that I really love from her too, is that, um, that you have to build your energy to maintain success. So yeah, success just comes and then you might crash. It might be the thing that you've always been striving for, but you have to maintain it. You have to build your energy to maintain success. 
otherwise success can crumble you as well so yeah I remember she recently yeah. talking about the how the polarity on the planet is more heightened obviously because we're mm -hmm. we're accelerating so then everything else is going to accelerate so that piece of holding the the joy because these last I guess this last month it's been like really intense beauty and brilliance of what's being created and being grounded in my space but there's also like heartbreak and like how mm -hmm. am I functioning right now? Everything's a little bit of a hot mess, but we're still running through. And I'm like, what's yeah. going on? <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna, like these both exist and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have a, a favorite mantra that you use every day? Um, I... My one of my favorite meditations is the Kirtan Kriya, so it's the Satanama, and I really, really love that. Um, again, that's one that I've I've really practiced a lot. So that the vibration of that mantra really hits all the right places for me. Um, I can really, really, really feel it. So that I would say that's probably my favorite, although I really love um, the Adi Shakti. Um, that feels like you can almost feel like the feminine energy from it. Um, so I really love that one too. Uh, I think through Kundalini, I've really connected more with mantra. It was always part of other teachings and teacher trainings I had done, but um but I never really connected too much with any of the mantras. I found them beautiful and I had been to, and I've sat in many, many uh, satsangs and kirtans in my life, but, and had felt something, but uh, uh, there's something more um, with the Kundalini lineage and the mantras there that, that really resonate with me a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And when, when you can really tune into the vibration of that sound and how it, travels through you because it will always travel through you uniquely um it will never go through somebody the same way um and that's what i also find so beautiful about mantra too is that it's kind of like a personal prescription really <laughs> it's the same sound but but the way that that sound moves through you is unique and that's what I'm with the sata nama it really it hits the places that it needs to for me it might be different for somebody else so um yeah that's someone that I resonate the most with I think uh so I'd say that's my favorite and it's it's really simple too <laughs> you know you don't have to put too much thought in of like what's coming next or uh, <laughs> am, am I pronouncing it right or anything like that it's it's really simple and you can't really go wrong with it <laughs> so uh and I, I love to teach that one too I feel that and especially with it um I, I can explain it a little bit that you um, say it out loud and then you whisper and then you um, mentally recite it and then you whisper again and then you say it out loud. And there's something really lovely when you're in a group um, and there's a, there's a nice group energy and collective uh, kind of vibration when you sing together. So I really like teaching that one too because I can tell in the room that people are really connecting with the mantra when everybody else is vibrating as well. So 
I really, really like that. It's nice to hear your voice as well. And one of the things in Kundalini uh, in the training I did was falling in love with your sound. So it, it's nice to, because it's often something you never think about, you never get, you know, it's never a teaching you often hear. It's the first time I'd ever heard it um, to, to fall in love with your sound. Um, so it, it's really nice to sing as well. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I, I think for me, the, that part of mantra becoming more important or it feels more important when you're doing Kundalini. I think it's the, the importance that the teacher brings to the mm -hmm. students. So it's like you can feel the weight of the way that it changed them, especially with the whole white sun band. <laughs> and like you can you can feel like if they're making a song, it's very intentional. It has to be this frequency. Like you know, they're in it to win it. Yeah. Um, so I think they're, they're just a, a brilliant example of what mantra mm -hmm. does and maintaining it over time and how that how that affects the body. And I I love the I like had hade hadi. That whisper, I'm like, oh, I love it, love it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> in the in the inside. I I find there's a for women, especially when I'm teaching, it's like that that soothing quality that moves in and bringing a little bit more air. And there's like a the way that the space moves when you actually like you're in your own sound. It's like ah, I love it, <laughs> love it. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting that that there, there is the whisper because um, it, it does do something different. I've noticed um, with the, the Kirtan Kriya too and the whisper in it that it does something and it's like, wow, you know, you often think, oh, they just threw that in there. I don't know why, <laughs> but you're like, wow, this is really, this is really cool. Like, you know, you don't often think of a whisper as being powerful, really. Um, but but it is it's it's there for a reason for sure. <laughs> and I think like I notice a lot of like teachings and like they contradict things that we've learned. So I know like even with the whisper, it's like don't whisper, it's bad for your voice. <laughs> like you know, and it's like mm -hmm. you do it properly, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And and I had read um, that the whisper is to talk to the beloved um so and and when you internally recite mantra it's for your soul and when it's out loud it's for your ego and the whispers for the beloved so that's also really nice um yeah it's 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 nice to to kind of bring that to your mind as as you're doing any whisper mantra too it's nice it's so wholesome. <laughs> yeah, it's nice. <laughs> um, is there anything that you would like to share um, about what's going on in your sphere of or vortex um, you want to share with the, the humans that are listening? Yeah, um, so I am doing, I know, I don't know how many people around the world will be listening to this, but anybody that is in... Dartmouth uh, in February 11th, I believe it is, um, is the next new moon. So I'm teaching a two-hour new moon Kundalini workshop. There's also going to be uh, 
a kind of channeled writing part where we set intention as well. So I'm going to be offering that and hopefully be setting up a weekly class soon-ish, somewhere in Dartmouth as well. I already teach at a studio. Um, I also teach yin yoga. It's also another kind of love of mine. Um, so different from Kundalini, but I love the, the balance of both of them. So um, I teach at a studio already in Dartmouth. So I'll probably hopefully be introducing a weekly Kundalini class there. I'm not sure on the day yet. I need to kind of work out my schedule, but I really would like to, I'd really like to start to build a community around it. Um, it's very much my intention for this year is to build a local in-person community as well as online. I will, you know, I understand the online benefit, but um, I'd really like to build an in-person community if that is possible. <laughs> but um, so yeah, uh, but uh, I have a website that anybody can go and check out all of my offerings and stuff on there. It's heatherteachersyoga.com. So we'll be putting all of the links to all of the things in the description. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, this is a great combo. We have some really good snippets that we can pull and make little cute little quote things. And <laughs> um, so thank you for coming on and we'll probably have you on um, probably for another series, but from a from a different angle, from a different topic. So, yeah, that'd well, be wonderful. Yeah. There's so much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs>